0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and a very welcome to Liveline. Mary Couch, Mary, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are uh, you? I'm a long-standing community worker in Body Mon going back more, oh, ye- more nice years. More 1976 years. I started yeah, The summer project started That's when I started the summer projects in Yeah, Vicky Miguel getting all Yeah, yeah. yeah Vicky Vicky was a good friend of mine Yeah, they were brilliant Absolutely yeah. brilliant Now, I, you're right I'm, I'm looking I just when you, when you contacted us this morning About this awful incident Which happened over the weekend Which yeah. we can't really talk about Because there's uh, someone being charged we're told that's right um, yeah. but it was um, basically the story was that a guard had part of his bitten part of his finger bitten off yeah which is horrific horrific but anyway we won't that's and we really hope that uh, he or she uh, is makes makes a speedy recovery but when you contacted me I went into a a news uh, machine to find out mm. what was written these are the headlines Traffic guard has part of finger bitten off after a vicious attack in Ballymun. Guard yeah. hospitalised. This is from breakingnews.ie. Guard hospitalised with serious injuries after being assaulted in Ballymun. Man, 98FM. Man due in court following assault on Garda in Ballymun. Yeah. Uh, Irish examiner. Man charged with serious assault of Garda after. An, again, an instant, yeah. 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 Uh, 98 FM, witness appeal after assault on Garda in... Ballymun again, yeah. Irish Times, Garda's finger partially bitten off during arrest in... Ballymun. Sunday World, great. No, great. they got her right, Joe, they got they, her okay. right. Um, yeah, Gulliver's uh, Retail Park, Dublin 9. Okay, and then... Um, News talk, I don't know, I'm sure RTE, if it was a statement from Garda Press Office, ran with it yeah, as well. Yeah, Guard, it was. Was our RTE, okay, we, we, mm. we, the Garda, the RTE News. The Guard, Independent is, had the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now, the journal, in fairness, that Garda is seriously assaulted in Santry during arrest. This is your, this is your, well, well make your point, Mary, as strongly My as you can. My point is that uh, this is irresponsible journalism, right? Ballymun has a bad name and the papers are never kind to us. Look at it, they had notorious Valley Mon. Well, no more notorious than any other area when the drugs were was an epidemic in it, right? Yeah. There's good people working in Valley Mon. Good people live in Valley Mon. And this irresponsible journalism, it's not fair to the young people growing up who are getting stigmatised, getting that they can't mm-hmm. get a job, right? They need to, their proper place in society, these young people in Ballymun, right? And the irresponsible press is not helping. And this is not the first time, Joe. Do you remember when your man got up on the, the roof of the autobahn and threw the slates down? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Hit the front pages of the Herald and all in Ballymun. Now, Ballymun was Ballymun Avenue one time, but the people didn't want to see any connection with Ballymun. It bought down the price of their houses and they changed to Glasnevin Avenue. But then when it sold for the press, it was in Ballymun again, not Glasnevin Avenue, the autobahn is. And this is happening all the time. And, and where? But where did this incident happen? This incident happened in Gulver's Retail Park. You go down Santry Lane, mm-hmm. right? I know, yeah. Yes. Dublin 9, you turn left, you go in, there's a huge big care home, there's high-rise office blocks, you drive down and then you come to the retail park. Nothing got to do with Ballymun at all. 
Absolutely nothing got to do with Ballymun. And where is where is the Gulliver Retail Park? Is when you drive down Santry Lane. No, but what is sorry, I know that. But where what is the address of it? Uh, Dublin 9 Santry Dublin 9 I googled it and all to get me facts right well done, well done yeah, that's yeah, always yeah, okay. yeah. Um, this, this is um, the Garda statement you see yes yeah, so yeah. it comes from the Garda, Garda with, yeah. with, this is what was sent to all press offices our newsrooms witness well, appeal wrong. serious wrong. serious assault of member of Garda Shikana in Ballymun on the 24th no, of January no. And Garda Shirkana responded to a call concerning an incident of dangerous driving at Gulliver's Retail Park, Ballymun. No, but uh, they should reissue a statement now and say it's not Ballymun, it's Santry Dublin 9, way away from Ballymun. Ballymun is Poppentry, Colgy, Shangan, all them places. Not, not Santry Dublin 9, Joe. And the guard should reiterate now and issue a new statement. Well, you see, well, the, well the, in fairness, the guard you be saying... Um, the thing we the thing we we're, we're looking for witnesses because one of our members and one of our citizens was savagely assaulted. Yeah. So and okay, we, we and we were anxious to get the statement out. We thought uh, Gulliver's Retail Park was in the general area of Ballymun. Yeah, thought is not the right information though. You can think a lot of things, but you have to get your information right before you say it out loud and it's in the papers and in the media and all, Joe. This is a community that's getting vilified all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And someone has to stand up and say enough is enough. Get the facts right. Proper journalism, responsible journalism. It's given, an, I mean, people down the country, and, and I'm from the country myself, right? Yeah. Originally from Kildare. To have a pre- preconceived idea that... Yeah. Please, are young in Ballymun, and that's wrong. There's so many good people in Ballymun, right? Of course, yeah. And you know that, Joe. You were yeah. often out here and met us all. And it's not fair, this bad report and notorious. You used to call it the notorious flat. We weren't notorious. We were neglected for years by Dublin City Council and Lords of these flats. It was a dumping ground. That's what happened. That's the history. Yeah. And now it's repeated now, keeping us down, keeping us uh, with a dirty name. Or this mm-hmm. is Ballymun. And this does is it make? Do, do you think it makes a difference? I do. It does, Joe. Does it, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember years ago I was on a training course uh, down to Waterford, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the way you have to sit around the table and introduce yourself and say how yeah. you're So yeah. I stood up and said, "I'm Mary Couch from Poppentry Environmental Project," right? Yeah. And this bloke said, uh, "From Dunleary, actually." Oh, I went through there uh, going to the airport on my bike, and I still had the wheels, and I got to the airport. You see, that's the image that's going out there. Yeah. You know. And even on Google Earth, someone has pointed out to me, it's Gulliver's Retail Park, uh, Santry, Dublin Nine. Santry, Santry, Dublin Nine. That's the address. Yeah, nothing got to do with Ballymore. Come here, Joe. If you or I or anybody else was going from Ballymore for a bag of mesh just a little, you'd be banjacked again. You get back. I'm telling you. You know mm. the walk. It's not Ballymore. It's Santry, Dublin Nine. But I just wonder when when the Garda press office, you see, was it was it Gardi from Ballymun who would cover that area? I know that doesn't answer. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. Yeah, I know you're yeah. looking at the other side. Of the, the, yeah, but it's probably in their jurisdiction in in, in in the area to cover. But it's not Ballymun. Okay, you know? good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. now, um, I, I, while I have you on, Mary, um, and I don't want to. 
you know, when we were growing up, but I know in Ballyfermot, you say you never try not to give your address as Ballyfermot, try and give it to if you had a relative in Crumlin yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. This, this, this email came in over the weekend and we've checked it and it is true. And you can, and you, you can, I'm just asking you to, to comment on it. It's from, she describes herself as, a, as an older woman. Mm. And she's uh, from Cherry, lives in Cherry Orchard, has been living there for a long And you know, Cherry Orchard got terrible. But, well, this is terrible. Yes. Because yes. there was terrible happenings in, in exactly. Cherry Orchard. Exactly, yeah. yeah. This, is, this yeah. is what she said. Deirdre, I've come to the conclusion that I would have to take the law into my own very old hands. I'm going yeah. to try and buy a gun and I'm going to go out and shoot one of those little gurriers in the leg when he runs away from the stolen car. I am just sick of it. Many thanks. So there you have an area like Cherry Orchard. There was an awful lot of publicity around it. The minister went out every That's TD. Right. They're I on the news left, right, and, and there's there's an email over the weekend saying, I've come to the conclusion that I will have to take the law into my own very old hands. I'm going to try and buy a gun, which is nonsense, of course, but I'm going to try and buy a gun and I'm going to go out and shoot one of those little gurriers in the leg when he runs away from the mm. stolen car. I am just sick of it. How did Now, back, at, back in the day, now it's a long, long time ago, um, how do areas like Cherry Orchard try and cope with that level of, of crime, Mary? What advice would you give them? Well, I suppose this that person that sent in the is totally frustrated, right? Uh, where people are la- labelled, young people have problems, and there was always problems there mm-hmm. with young people. And I think when the drug issue es- escalated, that that was a huge thing for them, right? Mm-hmm. But I've always worked with young people, and I hate that word junkie. Oh my oh God, damn. it rises me hankers with those jokes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the government needs to address this dysfunctional families, right? Mm-hmm. Put money into that, address the young people, right? I always say to young people, believe in yourself, yeah, right? Yeah. Don't you know? You hear them saying uh, across the park where I live is posh land. They're putting themselves down already. And I think the government needs to get real about the needs of the young people. Put more money into the youth project. I am involved in the youth project for over 30 Hmm. years. My Jesus, Joe, you have no idea to scraping together for programmes and trying to address the needs and mentorism of the young people. And, And you'd have to account for every last penny that you got from the youth affairs and all. And I can see that woman is totally frustrated because she probably sees them getting arrested and they're out in the street the next day. But where's the junior liaison officers and everything mm. that should be dealing with these young people and talking to them and all? There should be more outreach workers, trained outreach workers on the streets from the youth projects and all. And I think more people like I'm. You know, I'm thinking of Vicky McElligot. I'm thinking of Vera and all the other mm, mm. Uh, Mary and all the other people like yourself. But you were locals, and you weren't fooled. You weren't fooled by anybody. No, Which, no, because we, we were on the ground. We saw yeah. what was happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. Stay with us, Mary. Joe at RT.ie, 5155. Yeah. Apparently the RT website changed, changed it from Ballymun to Santry uh, 17 hours ago. They say, John Dunn, John. Hello, Joe, how are you? Bally, Ballymun getting a bad rap. And, and, and in fact, things that not, don't even happen in Ballymun are being, yeah. are being located in Ballymun. Well, I think uh, I, I know Mary well there. Uh, she's, been, she's done great work on behalf of the community for 
I can't remember how many decades. So yeah. there are a lot of people like Mary Couch in Ballymun uh, who get up every morning and work hard for their community. Okay. And if you think about it, you know, the amount of organisations that we have in the community, from sporting to, you know, business to uh, political to social, um, you've got, you know, probably one of the most successful football clubs there, GAA, uh, Kickhams. You've got Satanta. Um, I'm the chair of the, the Ballymun Job Centre, which has done, you know, an awful lot of work over the last uh, 30 years. All of these organisations came from, from the people. And has Ballymun come on, John? That's right, it has, John. hasn't yeah. it, John? Yeah, it, it has. I mean, it, it, we, we have massive problems, but every other yeah. working class community in, in Dublin has, has massive problems. I mean, I worry about the young people, as Mary was talking about it there, and, you know, support that you can give them. Because insofar as you can generalise, I'm thinking of this email from Cherry Orchard where stolen yeah. cars, as we know, nationally are, are in, from newspapers and, and the Gardaí are an issue. Is, for example, the stolen cars joyriding an issue in Ballymun at the minute? Uh, it, it's an issue from time to time. It's not an okay. issue all the time. OK, well, as I say, I don't know whether you heard me read out that email from the... The woman in Cherry Orchard, I pumped in conclusion that I will have to take the law into my own very old hands. Yeah. I'm going to try and buy a gun. I'm going to go out and shoot one of these little gurriers in the leg when he runs away from the stolen car. I'm just sick of it. So it's obviously happening on a nightly basis for the, in front of that woman's house. Yeah. Uh, as you say, well, look, her, her very old hands can't... A very well, old I wouldn't, brain. I wouldn't encourage anyone no, to do absolutely like not, that. Because, but, it's, you know, yeah. but she's no hope of getting a gun even if she... If she but it's the whole frustration... Yeah. In in yeah. those forty words. There is extreme frustration. I mean, if you're trying to do something in your area and you're coming up against, you know, bureaucracy and there's always bureaucracy. But I think over the years we, we had some good people in, in both a council level, etc. I'm thinking of Mick O'Rourke, Mary would have known him from Dublin yes, City Council. Yes, very well, Mick, yeah. Uh, excellent man. He'll be out in the middle of the night from the, the council. Man, John. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Employed yeah. so, by DCC, Dublin City well, Council. Employed by DCC, brilliant, a decent brilliant. person. And, and not the only one, others as well. So, you know, there are people there who uh, will walk for, walk for you, will help you. Um, well, well, for instance, the guards here are under extreme pressure. I mean, we found out, you know, recently that the guard uh, from Ballymore had to cover Dublin Airport. You know, if there's, yeah, if there's okay. a seizure there. Yeah. So that's, that means people off the road, they can't help the local people, that sort of thing, you know. Um, for an area this, this big, I mean, it's ridiculous. They should have their own police up there in the airport looking after that. Um, and, you know, there is undoubtedly a problem with, with numbers in the area for the for the Gardaí. Right. Um, but the ones we have, I think, are very good. Uh, we just need more of them. We need more community policing. Um, and did the, demol- did the demolition of, the, of a lot of the flats, did that make a difference, John? I'll ask Mary in a second. Did it well, make- uh, I mean, a lot of people will, will look back and say, oh, the flats were great. Um, the flats weren't great. I mean, there, were, there was terrible problems with them there. Uh, yeah. And to be, I don't want to be rude, but you go into a lift in the flat. I know, I know what you're going to say. Smell yeah. and the rest of it was terrible, yeah. and yeah. The, there was no uh, privacy for the people. There was people coming in and out. There was people shooting up on the stairs uh, outside people's door with our children trying to play, maybe on the land and, and dealing going on all the time. So it wasn't uh, some sort of nirvana, which some people seem to think the flats were. They weren't. Mm-hmm. So everybody who lived of- in the 
Go ahead, I mate. think a lot of it is nostalgic. Yeah. You know, the heat and yeah. the... When they yeah. moved in years ago, there was a great community spirit and all that. And yeah. John, you know Quite. yourself, you've worked and I've known you a long time. It became a dumping ground. Yeah. And, and Dublin no City Council, and Dublin City Council hate me using this word. They were the landlords and they didn't yeah. care. They neglected mm. Ballymun for years and years, yeah. decades. Yeah. You know? And Mary, but, but, Mary, bear with me on this one because you, you mentioned earlier about the way, and we did it actually here a few weeks ago, how Glass, uh, Ballymun Avenue, the name was changed to Glass Nevin Avenue because, yeah, as you explained yeah, earlier, yeah, people yeah. were worried about What about changing the name of Ballymun? No, no, that's our identity. I'm, pr- okay, I'm proud okay, to live in Ballymun. Okay, I'm proud to live okay. in Ballymun. You won't right? get that past me. Uh, I know that, I know that, I know that. I'm throwing the cat among the pigeons there, wasn't <laughs> yeah, I? Yeah, no, if I won the lotto tomorrow, I'd still live here among me neighbours yeah. and friends. And is these, yeah. Dublin City University, is that in Ballymun? I know they have down at Glasnevin, but is that not nearer Ballymun than... Anyway. I don't well, know what DCU is. It's now. on Ballymun Road and yeah. it's on yeah. Collins Avenue there. Yeah, Collins Avenue. And to be honest with you, Joe, there has been good connections with uh, with DCU over the great, years. Great, great, great. A lot of help come from DCU. And, yeah, you know, it, those, more yeah. and more young people going there. That, you know, when I was a young fellow, there was no way you were going to go to a university, but there are more and more young people going to universities now. There's more Ballymunners in But, John, in you don't hear all yeah. them things about Ballymun. No. You don't no. hear all great. the young Trinity, people that got great Tr- jobs. Trinity, and all. Yeah. Trinity you know? Comprehensive is a great school. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great school, school yeah. yeah. And yeah. great teachers in all the schools up there. OK, yeah. OK, uh, Mary, uh, and Mary, point very well made. And, Mary, I know you'll, because you'll, I know you said it even before you came on, when you contacted someone, you were thinking about that guard. So hopefully he or she, yeah. I don't know if it's he or she, uh, gets makes a full recovery, seems Horse, like an awful yeah. attack. OK, Mary, you, you mind yourself, stay in touch. I and like you, with John. Joe. Yeah, bye-bye. Right. Oh, See you, John. All the best. Bye-bye. 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 Joe at is the next number. And next, for, next this Friday... Next Friday, this Friday, January 27th, we will be in uh, Victoria Cross in Cork City. And that is in the Kingsley Hotel for Funny Friday with all the usual uh, crew, Frank Ford, Al Ford, and the list goes on. Packy, Declan, uh, musicians, special guests and loads of giveaways. That's the Kingsley Hotel this Friday. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe at Anyone who's driven, for example, to the Phoenix Park recently in Dublin will have seen hundreds of deer, hundreds of deer. They're, they're taking over. Well, they're, they're a beautiful sight, but there are, there's an, an awful lot of them, an awful lot. John Joe Cullity, and this issue came up last week and it was suggested um, that the deer will have to be dealt with, not just uh, in Phoenix Park and the, the minister Eamon Ryan said they will have to be called, some of them will have to be called i.e. shot and then I heard a report at the weekend that there was up to 45,000 45,000 deer roaming wild in the Wicklow Mountains, believe it or not um, now I looked, at, I looked at some footage at the weekend to see could I find out where the deer was and was, with drones people are able to film them you know they're extraordinarily smart animals and they do manage to hide especially during daytime but I saw drone footage which which, uh, which would kind of insofar as I can gather verify that incredible figure John Joe Cullity is in Kerry in contact us John 
What should we do, oh dear, oh dear? Good afternoon, Joe. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big problem here as well. Uh, if there's 45,000 in Wicklow, I suspect that there are more here because we have a huge amount of forestry and that yeah. causes a huge amount of seekage here particularly. I suppose you could divide up the problem here in two halves, really. One is to do with the National Park and the other one is outside of the National Park. Okay. And uh, like I was saying to your researcher there, I just met a man, just talked to a man yesterday, his wife uh, was in a collision with a deer inside the National Park and it, it cost €12,500 just to fix her car. Um, and, and does your insurance cover it? Or can you it s- does there anyway, uh, apparently inside the National Park anyway. Uh, I think it, it can vary in outside. Um, and I suppose the problem in the park area is we have red deer which are um, very special because they are pure, they're pure, like 10,000 years uh, in the park and are in the National Park in Killarney. So they have to be called in a very well, say, protective way, but it's the National Park's job to do that. So in Kerry, you can't shoot red deer other than the National Park rangers are the only ones that can shoot deer oh, okay. in Kerry. In the, rest oh, of the country, in the rest of the country, you can shoot them, um, you call them everywhere, but not in Kerry. And I don't have a problem with that because because of the fact that they are special. But on the other side of the kind, there are certainly not enough of them being called. And uh, that man's wife uh, said that three of her friends had also had accidents recently inside the park. And um, in my opinion, and I've said this when I was mm-hmm. a member of Kerry County Council, somebody is going to be killed. In, you know, it's just a matter of time because... The frequency of accidents is is getting it's getting more and more frequent, and eventually, I mean, something will happen, you know. And people aren't it's not like they're flying the road; it's just, they just run straight out in front of you. No, and you I don't know get that. A I know that. I know that. You might see the eyes and your headlights, but that's about it. If you're that's lucky. It, and it happened to myself, and I didn't see it just because the roads I'd be travelling would be quite narrow and it, the deer just get an ocean to cross the road and they're crossing there's nothing that you know I didn't even get and I wasn't I was definitely doing no more than 45-50 kilometres an hour because it was quite a narrow road but when something you hit something still mm. at that speed you're, you know you're going to do damage to, to the car and you're going to do damage to the animal and it's, it's very inhumane because a lot of animals might get hit and pull themselves off the road um, and you know yeah. it, it, might, it might be a slow process and it's, it's very inhumane but I think in the park itself, there's, I think there's a problem really with the numbers of rangers. Probably they need more rangers to control the numbers because they are out of hand. And the biodiversity is, is also uh, being compromised in the park. Um, and, and again, like I said, outside in it's more seeker is the problem. And with oh. all the forestry that's there, we have huge numbers. And has anyone any, has anyone any idea of the actual numbers? Has there been a, has there been a census? Well, they did the census in the park uh, a couple of years back. Um, I don't know. There is a way of doing it, a way of, of doing the census, but uh, they, they had figures. I can't remember now. I think they had a figure of over a thousand seek a red deer, as far as I can remember. Um, but the numbers are growing because if you don't call the right amount of deer every year, so in other words, say that you keep it under control, you need to call, let's just say, a hundred deer, and you only get to call fifty. Mm-hmm. Well, those other 50 that are going to keep the number going ahead of you all the time, and that's what's happening. We've they don't, they haven't gotten a handle to get the numbers down to the we'll say the sustainable number, and that's the problem there. And I think it's probably to do with funding because the national park, I suppose, the rangers are so 
you know, uh, stretched. We have a huge problem with rhododendron, which a number of us in Killarney do voluntary work with. We're winning battles, but we won't win the war. But uh, so it means it's it's probably funding on the on the other side of it. We'd say on the countryside, where the majority, I suppose, of the accidents are happening because you're talking about long stretches of road where deer cross. Um, there is no cure, we'll say, for it really, uh, other than to call more deer and I do I, like I have a deer hunting licence and I tend as much as possible to call closer to roads where deer would be crossing mm-hmm. Okay, I take your point but is the only way to call is, is to shoot? Yes There's no, no you couldn't be, you can't put down any um, you can't put down any pesticides around sure you can't thankfully No, get, no. no, no, I mean look, people have said it you know, before they, they use different, they say that they should be rounded up, and that's just not possible. It is, it is impossible. I mean, there are the deer, so that's not an option. People talk about bringing back wolves. I don't think that's going to work out because um, you saw saw patches of forestry, and you have farmers with deer. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about that to be honest about it. But mm. from what I'm standing right now, um, I think that to call the deer the, the way it has been done. But and if you, if, John Joe, have you heard the theory about contraceptives? I have heard that, yeah. I've heard that. But again, it's like it's it would be effective, maybe more so in the park, maybe where deer are more in in controlled areas, I suppose. But in the in the wider thing, I don't think that could be possible to you know to to make it work. That's my honest opinion of it because I know the terrain and I know how deer move and how they move around and how you'd get that to work. Um, I, I would like to see it. I mean, I, I'm, not, mm. I'm not I'm not saying that every deer you know should be called, but as it stands now it's the only way of doing it and, and like I said uh, if it's not done if there's not more called like if somebody will be killed and that's that that is unfortunately I mean okay. if you come from the Cork side now from Trubalivona and down into Kerry I mean it's a it's a hundred kilometre road it's quite a wide road but it, there are regularly serious accidents. I, uh, just before the Christmas there, uh, I believe a man in, in a brand new car, a Mercedes car, hit a deer and rode off the car because I suppose maybe you, 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 he went to the ditch after hitting the deer. Or, and like if, said, if, if it's in the National Park, do, do the OPW compensate you? No. They no, say it's through insurance. It's your, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility, yeah. And again, I, I suppose, yeah. you know, in a way I wouldn't have that much... Like the fact that what, what annoys me about it is I understand that, that's okay. But if the numbers were brought down, if they were brought down to the correct amount, the sustainable amount, well then, you know, you okay. mightn't feel as bad about it in that sense that the numbers of accidents wouldn't be as many and it, would, it wouldn't be as dangerous. But the fact is that there aren't enough, there are too many deer, deer in the park. Okay. And do you and, know, John Joe, do you know um, would you, what, what ratio of stag to, to female would you have to shoot? to get proper management well the way that we say in, in the park has obviously there's 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 uh, seasons for calling deer and you can call deer only only the males in this in September and October because mm. the females would have calves and they wouldn't have weaned off okay. and from from November then on you can shoot both but I mean, it's, I suppose, if you're calling numbers, I suppose the females, you know, would be more, and, and your females, obviously, would be more beneficial to call because that's less to breed. Whereas if you had 20 stags and you took out 10 of the stags, for argument's sake, the other 10 are still going to breed with the females 
Yeah, um, and then you know, so but but like it's just um, like I said, I I, I appreciate the workload that the national park have, but something needs to be done to um, to, to do it because I can guarantee you that I mean I don't know how many people are listening to the radio here today in Kerry, but um, a, a, a huge number, including myself, my own family, you know, have had either hit deer or had very close calls with deer, and in in other parts of and he spoke to a man about a, just about a month before Christmas, he told me that his himself, his wife and his daughter they, they hit a deer three days in a row in their place and again they wow. weren't, you know, it's just like people say, oh people should slow down this is the, yeah, that's, it's, it's that's, their that's an insult it's, to people because that's not what this is about, people are conscious, they're aware of it but if an animal just runs straight out across the road mm. from you, you can't be alert 100% of the time and um, that can't be, you know you, you can only you can only mitigate so much well, they're, they're, I don't know if they're listening, Kerry, hopefully they are, but they're definitely listening on the Isle of Butte in the Clyde in, in Scotland. Jennifer, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Tell us about the Isle of Butte. Oh, it's beautiful. My daughter lives here and her husband and no crime. It's absolutely beautiful. So did you get my photo of the no, of no, the I, deer? No, no, tell us, tell, tell us why you're... I sent you a... Okay, go, go ahead, tell us, it's, tell us anyway. Are there deer on the Isle of Butte, there are? Yes, they're this, they're, I've sent you a photo, a photo, and okay. uh, the girl received it, your, your researcher okay. received it. So that was in her garden yesterday. And are there too many deer on the Isle of Butte? No, no, I wouldn't say so. No, no, because there's hills and mountains and things like that, you know, all around the place. And you say there are, the, I, the deer were in our garden. Are they, are they eating oh, our the garden? Back garden? The back garden, because it's huge, huge. You've got uh, huge hills in our garden, and they come down from the hill back into our back garden. And has there ever been complaints about the deer on the Isle of Butte? No, there's no complaints on the island at all. It's, it's so safe and so crime free. And have you have you ever um have you ever read what is a, is there a lot of deer there? Well, deer. I don't. Well, yes, because I've got a, a back garden as well, and the the gentleman next door said to me, "Did you see the deer?" And I said, "No, I haven't seen. I haven't only here since June. I moved in June." Okay. Uh, Joe, I'm 70 years of age, and I I moved from Holt over here now to since June, and, and I, I love it because my how, daughter is here. And how do you have? Well, okay, how did your daughter end up in the Isle of Butte? Well, her the, <laughs> our husband they lived in in Portugal for 26 years. Okay. And he her husband is Portuguese, and he they he moved to Scotland to the Isle of Butte. And she followed only a couple of years ago. Okay, and what's apart from deer and yourself and your daughter? What else is on the Isle of Butte? Well, it's, I think there's four. No, there's four. The population. Have you got a have, you, have you got a Tesco and an Aldi and a Lidl and a McDonald's we, yes, and a? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, we have got not Tesco. We have. A co-op, a big oh, co-op, brilliant, and a little brilliant, co-op. Brilliant, brilliant. And we have po- This is exactly what I had said to her when she had moved here. Okay. It's what's there, you know. But if the if the weather is bad, you can't leave. You have to the ferry. Oh I, yeah. The ferry is just right outside my door, really, because that's it's lovely. It's like the front of Clontarf, you know, the houses on the front. 
Yeah, and where, of the, the, the coast. So you're looking at the sea. So where are you in in the Isle of Bute? In, it's called Rotes, R O T E S A. And is that the yeah. main? Is that the main town? Yeah, in the Isle of Bute, the population is around uh, four thousand. Oh my God! Where okay. there was eight thousand in Holt, you know what I mean? Yeah, but hold, I know how it feels like an island when you can't get off it on a Sunday. Yeah, you can't well, you can, <laughs> you can drive and you can walk off, you and can't walk uh, off this island. The only way, you, <laughs> and have you spent Christmas there? I did, uh, brilliant, yes, yes, of course, I'm with my family now, and yeah. Br- brilliant in what way? Because it's cold and... Uh, in what way you're just so happy it's lovely and as I said to you before no crime rate a lot of yeah. people come to the saying that yeah and what you about know? what about schools and another way out in the, yeah, Ar- in the Irish islands they've got to go to the mainland for well no, not all no, for second no, level school no no the, the island there's the schools there's a, a primary school and then Beside the next to it is the, the next level school. Yeah, okay. But uh, it's absolutely lovely. But though. you love absolutely. it, yeah. You love it. You love it. And had you ever heard of the place before you ended up there? Not before. No, not before. <laughs> my son-in-law moved. No, never did. The only thing it's very cold, but it's like your weather at the moment. I put on rising time a half, ah, half, yeah. uh, Which, uh, half yeah. five in the morning, and yeah. I have the, the radio on. Till three o'clock, till you finish, Joe. And do you get good RTE reception? Well, I have to. Yeah, internet. It's on, online. I'm online. Yeah. Yeah, you're online. You're Alexa, whatever, whatever. And by the way, and I is... love it, Joe. I love it. <laughs> and have I'm so happy. Have they a police station on the Isle of Bute? Yes, we have, of course. And what do what do they what what crime are they policing? That was the what second double question I asked. My daughter is <laughs> They probably just do double parking or yellow lines. That's all they do, is it? Oh, uh, no, they're very, do you know what? They're a bit too lackadaisical, actually. <laughs> no, but I'm you saying this. Because they don't have any, they don't have any crime, the police station. You know, because there's really no crime. And with, you can park anywhere. It's the council's fault. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you'd love it, Joe. You'd love well, it. I say half of Ireland would love it by the sounds of it. And is oh, there, yeah, is there really. hotels there or bars or? Yeah, yeah, just and thousands, well, thousands, hundreds of guests out. Well, so there must be right, a, the there must be Scotch whiskey distilleries, is there? There's one across. It's beside the Irish. It's the up the road. Okay. I don't okay. know the, the Irish Sea. It starts in the Irish Sea. And they have a thing, and it's called Jarva or something. Okay. They make their own whiskey, and I believe it's lovely. Are there any Irish, other Irish people there? There has to be, yeah. No, you yeah. haven't come across them. I was in the supermarket, and a lady asked me, she said, are you, uh, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Dublin, Ireland. So she said, oh, one of our, our people uh, lives. Uh, are, are Irish. Uh, there's probably a few, but I haven't met any yet. Okay. Hang, hang on there. But anyway, we are talking about deer. You say the deer on Butte Island are absolutely loved and there'll be no attempt ever to cull them or shoot them or get rid of them. Yes, yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, stay, 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 stay with us, Jennifer. Joe at rt.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. We're talking about deer culling and uh, for and against. Um, and we've been contacted by Jennifer, who's now living on the Isle of Butte, originally from Holt in Dublin, moved over there. The Isle of Butte is off... Uh, is an island off uh, Scotland near the Clyde, as far as I can see. And she absolutely loves it there. And so the place is coming down with deer, but they, they really loved them. And there'll be no uh, no chance or no opportunity or no support for calling them. Neil Ford. Neil is a is a trained deer manager. Neil. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, I, I don't want to disillusion that lady there on Butte, but there's a lot of deer coming carried out on Butte. Oh, is there? Oh, God. I oh, mean, there is, yeah. You could have, yeah. Bro- you could have, oh, bro- you could have broken it. You were gently there, Neil. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and, just have to sit down, Joe. And what, what time of year, Neil, are the deer called on Butte so we can, well, the, the we can bring Jennifer in, back in, to Holt? Yeah, the seasons are a little bit different in, in um, Scotland. Um, and the UK have different... Uh, seasons for different types of deer. We only have the one season here for the three, okay. <laughs> the, the three types that we have here. But they have slightly different times for for deer culling in um, in the UK and Scotland. And cover cover your ears for a sec, Jennifer. Neil, do you, okay. do, do do they shoot the deer on Butte? Oh yeah, it's, <gasps> there's, there's, it's the only oh. it's the only method available for uh, controlling faint. deer numbers. Okay. <laughs> and what is it? Yeah. What, what about the, the? Did we not get a call about the other day about contraceptives for deer? Yeah, I, I mentioned this to you before some months okay. ago that they've done uh, tests. Um, they've, they've, sorry, they've experimented with contraceptives specifically. Uh, in Assateague Island in the United States and there is one other area but I'm not quite sure it is and in Assateague Island it was to deal with wild horses um, because there is um, a a big herd of wild horses there and there are quite a few problems with it Um, it it, it basically relies on the animal having a good immune system for the particular contraceptive they use so if the animal has a good immune system, it works. So what happens is your healthy animals don't go into foal mm. in regard to these horses, but the unhealthy animals do. So you actually have a, a, a general weakening of the population. The other thing, it only seems to work within in very confined populations. So it, okay. it might, now I'm not suggesting they do this, but it might work, for instance, in Phoenix Park, but it certainly wouldn't work down here in County Waterford. Okay, Neil, how many, do we know how many, I know there's the seeker, the follow and the red, how many deer are in Ireland? Do we have any idea? No, that's the biggest problem when people talk about the cull uh, and we hear people talking about there should be a cull of 70%. Well, 70% of what? What's your base figure? You know, how, mm. how many deer are you talking about? Um, so, uh, like, when you're calculating a cull for deer, it, 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 I, I'm mainly concerned with fallow here, but you're looking at, and, and this is not, this is a very crude way of doing okay. it, you're talking about 10% male, uh, mature males, and 90% does and, and immature uh, males. But it's a bit more sophisticated than that when you actually get down to it. And we're not doing that. We're just not doing, we're not even doing that. You know, we are not shooting enough females here. The gentleman's on earlier on is quite correct in that respect. And we, the, there are numerous factors for why that's not happening. Talk about deer management. There isn't any deer management in Ireland. That's the biggest problem. 
And they had this problem in the UK, mm-hmm. and the deer numbers got completely out of hand. And they are really struggling over there now to try and deal with it. And what is the problem when deer numbers get out of hand? We've heard about the motorists, <laughs> but in terms of the ecosystem, and how, is it a major problem when they do, when there are a lot of deer? Well, the the uh, the car accidents in nineteen uh, sorry in twenty twenty in the UK involving deer there were seventy thousand car accidents involving deer in the UK. Sure. Now the population, of course, is much higher in the UK, but they also have. Um, uh, I, I'll give you an example. I, I, when I was doing my course there, I said to the uh, the guy giving the course, he was looking at me doing a deer plan, a deer management plan. And he said, well, what's that, 150 deer? And I said, yeah, we have a bit of a problem in the wood where I live um, locally. The numbers are getting quite big, and I'm trying to do a deer plan. And he said, that's not a problem. He said, 150 deer is not a problem. He said, we have herds here of 1,500 and 2,500 deer going across heavily populated areas of the country. And I've got a video of one here, one particular herd, and it's absolutely astonishing. It's like something you see in the Serengeti. You know the number of deer moving across the land, but um, the, and you how, see the, how how prolific are they? Is it one? Well, they'll what? have um, you if you have. It, it really depends on the grazing and how how good the the feeding is. So around here, it's all dairy farms. A lot of very good grazing. They poach the dairy farms, um, and they will probably be nearly one hundred percent. Reproduction every year, and I did a, a plan. So every for, female deer would have a fawn every year. Well, have one fawn, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. uh, the, and is there it, just it, sorry, sorry, no, I'm, I'm, it's my fault. No, no, is, okay. is there a gestation period? How long? Uh, they'll go into fawn in October, and the fawns will start to appear at the beginning of June. Okay. Okay. Uh, one a year, okay, and and one a year leads to uh, uncontrollability. Well, if you think about it, um, you have your your first doe, so she has a fawn uh, yeah. next year, right? Okay. Uh, that fawn will have a fawn the following year, ah. and the doe will have a fawn as well. So okay. they're, mat- they're mature within a year. Oh yeah, within a year they're breeding the following year. Oh yeah. wow! Oh now you're yeah. t- now you're yeah. talking. Now yeah, you're talking. Yeah. Stephen Fagan, stay with us, Neil. Stephen Fagan, um, d- 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 Neil mentioned the countless thousands of accidents in the UK with deer. What happened to you, Stephen? Hi, Jimmy, or Jimmy, I said, Joe. Yeah. How's it going, Joe? Good man, Stephen. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I leave work at half three in the morning and uh, I travel from Boston last to Raccoon. Okay. And that road is full of deer. Yeah. Okay. And I was coming up towards Hollywood Cross and I was, I've met loads of deer on the road before. I was cages of it. This lad was hiding in the ditch and he just jumped out of nowhere. Lucky enough, I slammed the brakes on. Yeah. I just tipped him. Yeah. And he fell over and he ran away. Now, there was three and a half grand's worth of damage onto my car. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, I wouldn't like to see if it didn't slam the brakes on what would happen. But you but reckon... They were everywhere. But you reckon, yeah. you reckon the deer survived? Oh, 100%. 100%. He might have a bit of a lame leg on him. He's probably going around with three legs, limping around the place. Well, I went back, so he couldn't see him anywhere, but he was gone. So, um, but that road is lethal, and, and, and I do deliveries around Wicklow, and I'm up around Lara, Ratrum, yeah. the back road to Ockram. They are, oh, it's rampant. Absolutely rampant, like, you know what I mean? And what do you think should be done? 
Oh, look, I don't like, I like. I'm an animal lover myself, and I wouldn't like to see anything bad, bad happen to him. But I don't know what the solution is, Joe, because someone's going to seriously get injured. Like you know what I mean? And I, 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 I don't go fast, Joe. I take my time that hour yeah, of the morning. Of course, very conscious of that. Neil, why, why do they or do they do the? Why do they run out in front of cars? Well, they're they're. The, it, it, the, there are various reasons, but it, they just decide they're going to cross the road is one thing. And, and one thing, while well, people are listening now, if you see one deer crossing the road, put your brakes on and drive very carefully because there may well be three, four, five others follow behind. And that can often happen. So you, you just, there are a lot of people hit the second deer. They see one, but they okay. hit the second one. You know, and um, so just very cautious. And and if you see signs up for deer, slow down. I mean, I I have deer all around me here, and I um, the main Clonmel Road go to Dungavon comes past here, and I drive down that road very slowly. But the number of people that come down there at speed, I thought if you hit a deer, you're dead. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the times to watch out for them generally are dawn and dusk. Okay, good point. Um, that's, that's, and Neil, uh, you, mentioned, you mentioned the countless thousands of accidents in the UK. Have people been killed in deer accidents? I believe so. Um, the United States, they've done a study there and they in particularly remarked on the fact that it's a, um, as the light is falling or as the sun is coming up that they have the majority of the accidents and they have uh, they they reckon to save 30, 30, 30 fatalities a year by not adjusting the clocks because they adjust the clocks in some states there and, and by not adjusting the clocks mm-hmm. that they would reduce the number of fatalities by, by 30. Now, I, 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 I can't recall the exact details of it, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's just because that's the time of the year that they're crossing the roads, you know. Um, uh, I came across an accident in the United States there some years ago, and um, a car went past me. The speed limit there is 65 miles an hour most places, and a car flew past me like I was standing still. And a bit further along the road, I saw what was obviously bits of a dead deer. And um, another a quarter of a mile on, mm. here was the car in the side of the road, destroyed, absolutely destroyed. He'd, he'd hit the deer, and that was on the motorway. And Neil, you know, what are deer good for? Uh, in what respect? <laughs> I mean, I every, them, everyone you know? loves them. Yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're a beautiful animal. Bambi, um, yeah, they're stunning animals. Yeah, they're beautiful animal, and um, they are. What do they help? Unfortunately, keep, yeah. they, they, they are. A, they, they, they do poach farmland. There is a concern about um, carrying of disease. I don't think it's quite as bad as people okay. think it is, but but um, I'm not going to tell a farmer whether he should or shouldn't be worried about it. But, um, I mean, it's very, very good food. It's excellent food. Venison, yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah well, you, not, you couldn't get better. Yeah, you but we don't, we don't eat it in Ireland, do we? Not really, no. And we have... Um, they, they they permitted the selling of of deer um, some years back now, and so it is available. But um, funnily enough, I have a nephew who's um, a chef, and he said that up around Meath and that area, you, you can sell it, but down around Waterford, you can't. 
he 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 said he'd, 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 you'd have it on the menu and you'd never sell a meal with venison down around here. But he said up in County Meath, oh yeah, they'll eat quite a bit of it, you know. Okay. But uh, well, say so say there, um, Neil. I know a fella knocked at my door recently and he said you like venison. I love it. He said. Um, I have uh, eight legs of venison here, and I asked him the price, and he gave me the price. He said, you can get lost. I said, that's too dear. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Nobody knows how many deer there are in Ireland. There are uh, three species, Sika, or three types, Sika, Fallow and Red. Um, one estimate was 45,000 in Wicklow. They're in the Phoenix Park in Dublin. They're in Wicklow. They're in Waterford and the, around the Comoros. They're in Killarney, as we know. And uh, Hugh was on the line. You said they're up in Sligo as well, aren't they, Hugh? Hello, Joe. Um, yes, there, there are lots of them, and they do cause accidents. But why I rang the programme is this will be a great opportunity for gun clubs up and down the country to assist the border works and going in and hunting the deer in Killarney. Uh, there are people pay thousands of pounds a week to hunt deer in Scotland. There's no reason why gun club members in Munster, South Leinster couldn't come in on a, on a volunteer basis to cull these deer instead of um, waiting for the border works to get the rangers lined up. Neil, but, Neil, so, well, let's, let's ask the expert. Neil, what do you think of that? idea. Well, you see, the, the, the thing is, who, who is coming in? How competent are they? Um, like, you're talking about a national park, um, so you don't want to see some of the things that I see down here where a deer is running around because some Egypt has shot its jaw off and it can't eat and it dies ah, a slow death. Ah. And I, I could tell you horror stories, but, but um, so you, you know, it's, it's, it's not that straightforward. It's not that simple. And to get good at at, um, at culling deer, it mm. takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. Wow! And you, the the uh, the big issue, the biggest issue of all, is we are not shooting enough does. And one of the contributory problems is the way we have managed deer here up, since since shooting became a popular thing and and Queens started to sell the shooting. And that is that when you if you a group of guys get together and decide they want to take a lease in a wood and there is a price put on the lease. Well, look, the prices now are quite high and make for a very high price per deer. So the individual paying that kind of money says, well, I, I want a big animal. I want a big buck. And he's not no, shooting I'm the does. Still here. Hello? Yeah, so they're not shooting the does. And... It's, it's, it happened in the UK. the UK, and that's why their problems got out of hand, is that they shot the bucks and shot the bucks, and they leased shooting to, particularly to uh, Europeans, who would actually take an estate and take the shooting on an estate, and then they would shoot all the bucks, and then they would say, oh, there's nothing else to shoot here, and off we go. And they'd leave the young deer and the females, and they wouldn't touch the young deer and the females, and the numbers just exploded. There is another species of deer here that is... is I've never seen them, but I, 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 wow. I know people who have seen them, and that's the muntjac. And the muntjac uh, breed all year round, and they tend to have twins. And they are very small deer, very yeah. like, big as a small dog, I suppose. Um, and um, where did they come from? It, 
they were introduced um, mischievously, I would use the term. Um, somebody mm. introduced them mischievously. What do, you, and, what, do you, um, what do you mean? They were deliberately introduced here by persons unknown, um, mm. thinking they would be great fun to shoot. Um, and um, if you see a muntjac, you have a real problem. It's a bit like if you see a rat. If you see a rat, you've got an infestation. If you see a muntjac, you've got an infestation. Of what? Um, of what? Of no. muntjac. The, the numbers can they increase very, very rapidly. Very well, where rapidly. Where are the Where are the muntjacs in Ireland? Um, I'm. I know there, there's there's some have been seen up around the Midlands. Um, I've never seen one, and I don't know anybody that shot one. Um, but um, they, they are there. They're definitely there. The, the, the department is well aware of the fact that they're there. Wow. And what's the problem with them? They multiply. They, well, they... they, they, they um, do they destroy? Uh, they, do they, they do they, fences and farmland? Uh, well, no, they don't do fences, but they will do a fair amount of damage in the undergrowth. Um, they're unusual. You'll see they have a very large canine tooth. So it's mm. like a, this, these, these long canines. Are they, they, are, are they a danger to humans? No, but I have heard of them killing dogs. Okay. You know, yeah. that they, 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 for, for their size, they, they can be quite aggressive. And you're saying you if know? you see one muntjac, you're going to see a load of them? If you see one, you have a real problem, you know. Um, I, the, again, the UK, they were telling me that they had gone in to deal with deer in an estate, take over the management of an estate. This is the British Deer Society were doing this, all okay. people who were associated with them. And they um, were told by the owner of the estate that there were 32 muntjac there, don't touch, don't, don't touch them. And the man said, we, we kind of looked at each other as if to say, 32 muntjac, if he's seen 32 muntjac, there must be a huge number. And the following year, having talked to him and explained things to the owner, they shot 3,600 Munchak wow. on that estate. And um, so it's, it's um, the, as I said, they breed every eight months. Um, they breed continuously and they have twins. So you can imagine where the numbers will expand. Okay. If, and if do, they, single... do they coexist with the, 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 I know the red deer is the only... Uh, native deer in Ireland, but do they, do they coexist with other deer? Uh, yeah, the, the deer generally, um, they'll, they'll, they have different grazing patterns, you know. Okay. Um, and uh, now, have, the, have the muntjac got any predator? None, no. no. Uh, maybe dogs, you know. And the, dogs. the deer of deer have no predator, obviously. No, no. Um, but I'm mentioning dogs. There is a uh, the, the, what's driving all stalkers mad and making culling deer really, really difficult is the fact that we have gangs out at night with packs of dogs hunting deer, and the there's a deer dead on the road below me here uh, a few weeks back, and it had to cross half a mile of the best of grazing to get onto the road to try and cross to get to the other side, and that deer was hunted by dogs. Um, I shot a deer at the request of a farmer who had a deer. I won't tell you about the injuries it had, but he found it on the farm and asked me to come deal with it, and it was in a terrible state, and it had been savaged by dogs, but it had got away. And yeah. there's a load of that going on. That's gone on all over the place. Okay, you know? uh, Fionn, Fionn Kelly in Cork. Fionn, good afternoon. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good. Your observation, please, Fionn. The, the, the culling and the... There's no national predator for deer, obviously, in Ireland. 
No. There's no um so there's no wolves, there's no bears anymore in this country. That was back thousands of years ago. Uh, but the problem with, in this country with bringing in a natural predator would be the farmers. There'd be uproar if there was a natural predator killing livestock in this country. Okay. If one... There was uproar in Pat Kenny there last year, Joe, about uh, farmers giving out about the wild dogs killing sheep. Right. And they're killing sheep all over the country. Well, sure, we had it here a few weeks ago. God, it's 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 horrific. It's horrific. It's yeah, horrific. it's horrific. Like but Fionn, so what? What, what is your ob- what is your observation? Then what would you propose? Listen, I think that there needs to be the natural predator-prey relationship between a deer and say a wolf. Of oh, the wolf, you know, so, because the, so you're the saying of, the, bring... amount deer, the amount of wolves then goes up yeah. because they've lots of food there, lots of natural prey. Yeah. And then the amount of deer then goes down. But then when the deer go down, the wolves, the amount of wolves then goes down as well. And that's the natural cycle of predator prey relationships. Like. So are you, you know? well, what are the chances of us bringing back the wolf in Ireland? Uh, very, uh, not a hope of it, like the Joe. Okay. You know? So well, we can't bring back the wolf, so, so will you support the call? I, I, I wouldn't be against bringing in something like a an Irish wolf back that they used to have back in the day. And, uh, you know, it would just be a case of farmers just having to be more careful the way they are in, in other countries when there are actual predators. And where, where, are you, where are you based? You say there's a big deer problem in South Tipperary. South Tip, yeah, in Bancha. Galti Rovers. Bancha is... Uh, it's up at the foot of the Galtys, and the woods there, badger woods, be chock-a-block with deer, and they're everywhere. Last couple of years, last maybe five, seven years, the deer problem has actually has become uh, become terrible for the people of South Tipperary. In what they're way? In what way? What, way is it be- what way has it become terrible? They're destroying property. They're destroying cars, Joe. They're, uh, they're everywhere. Like, there's no stopping them at this point, though. Um... You can go out there with a rifle and shoot as many as you want. Sure, the, you wouldn't even be putting a dent in the population. Like. But you need a license to shoot for, uh, and it's only at particular times. You do, of yeah. Particular times of the year. You do, and there'd be very few people with licenses yeah. these days. And as, and Neil, as Neil said, is you, you can't you can't be having the likes of Dick Cheney going out shooting because he'd be shooting. Other no. people, um, I think Cheney. Sure, you know the type. situation to prepare the murders that have happened in South Tip. Sure. Okay, Jerry Boland, Jerry. Everyone out with rifles to be okay. a problem, Joe. Okay, let me go to Jerry. Jerry Boland, your point, please. Um, well, my point, Joe, is it's not a simple one. I I don't believe there is an easy solution to this. Obviously, um, I don't have an easy solution to it. I am against the call because okay. you know I've been an animal rights advocate for a long time. Um, when there is a problem that we've created and we have created, um, the simple solution always is to take a gun and shoot the animal. Yeah. I my main point is that very little money over the years, a little bit like the health industry, most of the money goes into um, curative medicine, buying tablets, etc. Very little money goes into preventative medicine. In the mm. same way, when we have an animal overpopulation problem that we've created. Um, the immediate solution is to shoot them um, because there's lots of people like shooting animals. And, you know, it didn't take long for the gun, somebody from a gun club to come on your show 
and say, let's get the gun clubs involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my argument is that very little research has gone in to other methods, such as contraceptive methods, such as um, trapping them and, um, and releasing them, that kind of thing. I, I, I don't genuinely think that the wolf issue is a valid um, solution for the time being. Anyway, not in a small country like Ireland. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think it's going to work. But I am, I, I acknowledge the fact that the deer um, do cause a huge, you know, I'm an environmentalist. Yeah. I, I see around where I live, I, I see everywhere the damage that they cause. And it is a huge, huge problem. But I, I'm very much against the idea that um, the knee-jerk reaction, just like you might remember, Joe, a year ago when there was um, a small family of boar found in the, in, down in Kerry, the immediate uh, running, walking wild, the immediate reaction was mm-hmm. to shoot the seven of them. You know, it wasn't to take them into a sanctuary. The immediate reaction was to shoot them. And that's what I'm against. I'm against this knee-jerk reaction where people are coming on the radio representing gun clubs and let's get the gun clubs involved. Let's have a free-for-all and let's shoot as many deer as we can. I just am, I, I will never accept that idea because animals are sentient. As mm. far as I'm concerned, they have, they're not here for but our animals use. animals kill other animals. What about reintroducing yeah, the wolf? What, yeah, well, I just don't think in a small country like ours, which is so livestock related for instance you know it's so we don't have very large um, natural parks i don't think so i'm not informed enough about this i think it would require a lot of planning i'm not saying i'm not saying it wouldn't happen i, I think it it can happen in the future um but i don't think it's a, a solution to the immediate problem definitely not okay uh, Aldrin fitzgerald is in anderson in south carolina Oren, good, good afternoon how are you joe how are you keeping um you are a deer hunter Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. A hobby. Um, so, uh, hobby and it puts food on the table. Okay, tell and us. And it puts food on the table okay. for a lot less than, than you would if you were um, subsidising with beef. So, every year uh, between October and the 1st of January over here in South Carolina, we're allowed to hunt. We have, it's the three-month hunting season for deer. It's okay. during the rush, so it's before the bucks come along and do the business with the does. So you're cutting down on extra population. There is a very large deer population over here. You see it on the interstate. Um, there's a lot of dead deer on the side of the road. My truck has personally been hit twice by two different deer, and there is damage being done. So the government stepped in and said, right, guys, you can go and you can shoot uh, three doe and two buck every season. If you want to shoot more, you can. Mm. And for if, So this year, or previous season just gone, yeah. I shot a deer. And I got 85 pounds of meat out of it. It cost me $110 to get it processed. It gets bagged up. It gets everything straight into my hand. It's deep frozen. I put it into my freezer. And we're going to eat. Like, I give my neighbors some meat. Mm -hmm. I give friends some meat. Uh, We're going to eat properly, like good, proper foods with no hormones, no chemicals. It's all fresh. And like 35, 36 weeks of the year, we're going to have some good venison. I mean, my son, he's growing up eating venison. I never done that when I was in Ireland. And what's but that's the, something that... What's the nicest part of venison to eat? Is there a fillet a fil- um, of venison? I found the best part so far is the tenderloin. And it's the strap, the strap down the back. And I do that on the on the grill. I'll barbecue that. And it's unbelievable. It's so... It's, it's just... It's so tasty. It, like, the whole thing is so tasty. Because the processors mix... If they're making minced meat for you... They'll mix a little bit of beef fat into it as well. And it just, you know, it just, it really pops. But if I was to try and buy the same amount of meat in beef 
I'm looking at maybe four or five hundred dollars for okay. the same amount of meat. Like, and what is this organisation, Hunters for the Hungry? Yeah, so I, I've done a bit of work with those as well. Basically, I can shoot a deer. I can bring it to the processor. I can mm. pay the $110 or $100 to get it fully processed. Okay. The processors then give it to local charities, like the, the American version of Vincent DePaul. People that might be hungry, they're getting really good, really, really good, rich meat. And okay. it's, it's a fraction of the price. So they give them to... Food banks, basically. Give it to the needy people. Like, there might be a guy living in the in the community that nobody knows about, but he could be going hungry. His family could be going hungry. Yeah. He'll get in contact with Hunters for Hungry. And, uh, and how, long, how, the, like the, Aldrin, how long would you stalk a deer before? Is it hard to shoot a deer? No, it's, it's, it's not particularly because there's so many of them. Like I have, we have property here, and I'll, <laughs> I hate to go cliche American, but I'll sit out on the back porch in an evening time and pick one off like you know okay. <laughs> I hate to say it it's, it's, it's a lot easier here to hunt deer than it is in Ireland to hunt deer they're, they're, they're so abundant like we, we don't even have to put food out for them and I know you can't do that in Ireland but there's a huge abundance of deer and it's, it's very easy to get them Okay now Jerry, what do you think of uh, Aldrin Fitzgerald in, in South Carolina he sits on um, his, sits well, on his well, porch on his rocking chair and can, can pick them off. I know. As, as you might imagine, Joe, my answer is, is fairly obvious. I don't eat animals, so, you know, I don't believe animals are are on the planet for us to be eating. And maybe that was okay, you know, when, you know, hundreds of years ago. But, you know, we don't need to be eating. And this is a different argument. We don't need to be eating animals, like, quite plainly. I haven't mm-hmm. eaten an animal for 35 years. So um, the idea of... But I will say this, Joe, is that, you know... If that man insists on eating animals for the rest of his life, um, it's probably better, and I don't like to say this, but it's probably better that he's actually shooting a deer and ending its life immediately rather than eating factory-farmed pork and chicken, where, you know, the yeah, animals, live appalling, where the animals okay. live appalling lives. And would, wild, would, would wild deer, Oren, would they not be full of parasites? No, no. There mm. is, there is a, a disease called wasting disease, and I mean that does it does go around the deer population, um, but we're actually uh, the government has said to us that if we we have incentives to get rid of those deer, if we see a deer that's showing signs of wasting disease, you kill it. You don't bring it to the processor. You can cut it up. We've got vultures over here. You can cut it up, leave it in the field, and the vultures will eat it. They mm. won't get any parasites. Okay. They won't get any bad effects from it. Okay, say say so, say, say with us, Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Owen Healy, Lyme's disease. Owen, go ahead. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Okay, well, one of the consequences of an increasing deer population is that um, we have, in parallel... uh, increase in the number of ticks in the in the habitats that deer occupy. Okay. Uh, over the last 25, 30 years, we've had something like a 500% increase in the range of deer, that is the amount of habitat that's occupied by deer in Ireland. Okay. And in parallel with that, we've had an increase in, in Lyme disease and independently, myself and, some, and another uh, researcher have 
reckon that we're probably looking at two to two and a half thousand cases of Lyme disease wow. a year in Ireland. Wow. Ticks feed a huge number of deer in comparison with sheep and cattle. I've examined tick carcasses or deer carcasses. Okay. I've examined sheep and cattle. You might find 10, 15 uh, ticks on a, on, a, on a sheep or a cow. Mm-hmm. You'll find more than 100 on a deer carcass. Wow. So the more deer we have, the more ticks we're going to have. And the more ticks we have, the greater the chances of humans making contact with ticks. Tick given, given, that the main, given that the main contact in Ireland with deer seems to be in the Phoenix Park every day and especially well, actually, weekends. Funny thing, there are no ticks on the deer in the Phoenix Park. Why? I spent a day there. Now, there's, no, there's, no, there's no ticks on Dubliners. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Possibly. No, fl- no flies on us anyway. <laughs> no, it well, is a serious. Lyme disease is horrific. Why, yeah, why is there no ticks on the deer in Dublin? The, the the Phoenix Park seems to me to be a very, very dry habitat and that, that doesn't okay. suit ticks. Low grass. I spent a day there yeah. with my wife um, looking for ticks and interviewing people and we've no, found no record of ticks there. Wow, well that's, that's a relief. If you look that's at where ticks relief. are in Ireland, they're in the places where you have large deer numbers. Glenvey National Park, Little Mountains National Park, Portumna, Killarney. Oh, okay. And from there, the deer have escaped from these parks. Deer have now moved from uh, Killarney east as far as Cork City, south down to Skibbereen, um, and the same applies elsewhere. Deer, deer have uh, expanded their range, and ticks will expand with them. Okay. So the more t- the more deer we have, we wow. can expect to have more cases of Lyme disease. And on this is sign, I'm not doubting your your bona fides, but this is scientific research. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well Published. Done. Well done. Well done. Because Lyme disease is horrific. It's absolutely horrific. I know people are much more cognizant of it. Rory born, Rory. Joe, how are you? You're cooking deer at the moment. I have a, pe- a leg of deer in the oven since about twelve o'clock this morning for the dinner this evening. Slow cooking? Slow cooking. What would it it taste like? Hopefully, hopefully the grandchildren will enjoy it. Oh, you're giving it to the... And have you told the grandchildren that they were eating Bambi? No, we haven't, no. (laughs) Although they're in the car now listening, so they know now. They're laughing (laughs) out at me. (laughs) But there's a piece piece of roast beef or corned beef there just in case they don't like it. Okay, and how often would you eat deer? Well, I got it from a chap in Kilgarvan. He shot it or whatever, but I'd eat. Any time I get it, I'd eat it. I have no problem eating it. Sure. Okay. Lovely right. meat, it's organic, I suppose. Yeah, okay. Just I want to bring John Mark in because he's been holding for a long time. John, North, doing, North County Clare, your wife, two accidents. Yeah, my wife had two accidents, and I've had an accident myself where I encountered a, literally a herd of deer of maybe more than 10 of them and had to avoid them and took evasive manoeuvre to avoid them and of course ended up damaging the car. But it's, um, yeah, it's a huge, we have a huge population, North Clare, South Galway, west from Portumna as far as wow. Gort and between Loch Ray and, and well, are, they, are, they, are, they, are they out of control? Yes, it's overpopulation. It's In North Clare, there's, okay. There's just a there's there's, um, there's no management of them and there's no culling and the, whatever hunting is done is kind of done as some of your callers have explained earlier. It's kind of done in a like out the window of the car, Covert shooting way. into the bog. Okay, okay, okay. You know? Thanks, John. Thanks, Rory. Thanks to all our callers. And uh, Nadine Maloney producing. Ray Darcy's next.
0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.